Good morning and happy Thursday to you. It is July 28th. It is 7 a.m. I am Adam Wright, and this is Roadmap to Heaven. Those are the facts. It's also a fact that we're going to pray this morning, so let's do that to begin our time together today. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's good to be with you on this Thursday morning. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about natural family planning. We're also going to continue our series with Doug Berry on the Ten Commandments. Today, we're going to dive into, uh, you know, well, I'm just going to say this. If you're a parent, you might like this commandment. More on that later. Um, but it, it, it's a good day. Also, uh, you know, I, I just want to reiterate the importance of praying the rosary every day. It, it, it's really sticking with me what I read yesterday about how much the devil despises the Blessed Mother precisely because of her obedience, precisely because of her humility, um, because it points out his pride and his arrogance and his disobedience, which he takes pride in, right? And yet she is such a great model for us of what we're called to be, humble and obedient. So that is on the show today. A little bit of a curveball for us, not really a curveball. Mike Roberts is... uh, on vacation, and so he's not going to be bringing us the weather today. But luckily, God will be bringing us the weather. We just don't have a forecast of what that will be, but we are going to have the saint of the day for you here in a little bit. Uh, Mike was kind enough to send that. And by the way, did you know that uh, the saint of the day is one of our many Covenant Network podcasts right now? You've got that. You've got uh, Church History with Monsignor Witt. The Splendor of You, I believe, is going up there now with with Debbie Schlepizzi. Uh the daily dose of encouragement, you know, if you don't want to share the entire roadmap to heaven, but you do want to share that daily dose of encouragement with a friend, well, I'd encourage you to rethink that and share the entire episode. But if they only have two to four minutes, you know, by all means, share the daily dose of encouragement with them. And we're up there, too. And by the way, it really helps us out if you subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for the best place to find all of them, though, just go to ourcatholicradio.org and click on the Programs tab, and you can find all of them there, including, you know, we've got some other stuff up there that you might not find on the podcast app, like Tom Shrewsbury's Lives of the Saints. But we're going to take a break here. Uh, we'll get you the saint of the day today, and then when we come back, we'll be diving into well, the saint of the day in a little bit more, and then when we come back, we'll be diving into the show. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Today is the feast day of Blessed Stanley Rother, also a martyr. Born in Oklahoma in 1935, he was one of four children, and his parents, Franz and Gertrude, were farmers. After finishing high school, Stanley discerned his calling as a priest and entered the seminary, initially at St. John's and then Assumption in San Antonio, where he also worked as a sacristan, gardener, groundskeeper, plumber, and even bookbinder. But eventually his advisors told him it was time to withdraw. After a conversation with his bishop in Oklahoma City, Bishop Victor Reed, Stanley made his way to St. Mary's Seminary in Maryland, and he was ordained a priest in 1963. 
Father Stanley then returned to Oklahoma, where he was a parish priest through much of the 1960s, until in 1968, his request to minister to those in Guatemala was granted. Joining four other priests, three religious sisters, and three laypeople, Father Stanley went to the mission of Santiago Atitlan in Guatemala. Over the next decade, Father Stanley built a ministry among the local people, but by 1975, those who had gone with him had all returned to the United States. Using his skills as a priest, but also as a farmer, he helped the community immensely, and it grew. Eventually, Father Stanley was baptizing 1,000 babies a year. However, the Guatemalan Civil War worked its way into his mountain community in the late 1970s, and in 1980, he personally witnessed the assassination of several of his own parishioners and a deacon. Warned of threats to his own life, Father Stanley returned to Oklahoma for three months in 1981, but against the wishes and advice of his family and his local bishop, he made the decision to return to his parishioners in Guatemala. On this day in 1981, three mass men entered the rectory and shot Father Stanley to death. On December 1, 2016, Pope Francis issued a decree confirming that Father Stanley Rother had been killed in odium fidel, in hatred of faith, and he was beatified on September 23, 2017 at a ceremony in Oklahoma City. He is the first U.S.-born priest and martyr to be beatified. Blessed Stanley Rother, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Today on the show, as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about natural family planning. What is it? Why use it? Who's it for? And why are we talking about it this week? Well, it's NFP Awareness Week because of the anniversary of St. Paul VI promulgation of Humanae Vitae. And so every year at this time, we like to commemorate that by talking about what Paul VI said we should be talking about. So I'm really happy to be joined today by Tiffany Huckelman, who is here to share with us a little bit about NFP. Tiffany, so good to have you with us this morning. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. All right. It's an honor to be here. So let's do the real quick recap, because I think most of our listeners are familiar with NFP, but for those who aren't, just in case, because I used to be in that camp, what are we talking about when we say natural family planning? Yes, I think that's an excellent question because I think most of us have been in that camp. Natural family planning is kind of the umbrella term for any system of understanding your natural fertility. And especially for a woman to understand her body and her natural full month long cycle to understand when she's fertile, when she's not fertile, and even really helping understand what is going on in her body to understand her health. So that's kind of a very broad definition. It's a way to manage your family, to manage your health without the use of artificial reproductive technologies. For instance, birth control, IVF, those types of things. This is a natural way. And in most cases, even can be called more effective way of dealing with those kind of things, depending on what your needs are. Very good. You know, it's one of those things that we always want to reiterate every year is that there are certain circumstances, the the church term I think is grave circumstances, where it might not be prudent for a couple to conceive a child. They might be in a severe financial situation, or there could be a very big complication going on with the woman's health. And that's something that, you know, I'm not going to get into the specifics because it varies from case to case, but 
this is one of those things that the culture at the time said, well, obviously we should just use these artificial means then, and Paul VI said no. So we're talking about natural family planning. I know that my first exposure to this was when Beth and I got married some 13 years ago. It was 13 years ago, August 1st, so that anniversary is coming up. But we got engaged, and we had to go to our NFP intro session night here in St. Louis, and that was really our first exposure to natural family planning. We have a whole week dedicated to awareness. So what is it we want people to know? I guess this is the intro session for all of our listeners now. Right, right. Well, you know, so it it is such an interesting, this has been taught by the church for so long. It's taught, I mean, even Humani Vitae talks about, as you said, responsible parenthood is the phrase that he used in Humani Vitae. So, which is just being a parent and working in conjunction with God's will for your life. That's what it is, especially in family planning. So why NFP week? This is important for Catholics, humans to understand that God made our bodies perfectly as they are. And he gave us a way to understand what's going on with our bodies. And so having a method to be able to, to discern with your spouse if you're ready to have children, if you're not, if there are grave circumstances, if there's a reason to be a responsible parent and avoid pregnancy, or if you're ready to achieve pregnancy, that NFP can really help that in collaboration with God's will. So the church and the USCCB has this whole week for NFP awareness is to really help people understand the value of natural family planning in their lives, not only for family planning, not only for health reasons, but even for relationship reasons. I don't know exactly what your experience was, but for my husband and I, like having to have these conversations about, do we want to have kids? In our case, we struggled with infertility for a long time. So what the language of NFP and understanding what was actually going on in our bodies helped is actually brought us closer together and helps to discern God's will. Yeah, I remember that very early on for us having those conversations that first and foremost, when we got married, do we have a grave reason to wait? No. So, Mm -hmm. all right, we're all in. We are ready to start a family. And, you know, God's blessed us with five children. And that's been a wonderful thing. But I also know that in we were engaged for 18 months. So we had a while to learn all about NFP. And uh, Beth had a while to start with charting and visit with mm-hmm. our clinician to talk about what's going on. And we did identify some concerns. And, mm-hmm. you know, actually, after you and I wrap up, we'll be speaking with Kathy Vollmer a little bit later about the medical side of this. Yes. But a lot of that then became these questions of relationship. And it really forced us to be honest with one another and not just avoid the conversation, because then it really kind of turned to, if we're not ready to have kids, then mm-hmm. why are we getting married? You know, what's mm. going on here? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, well, here, just take this or, or do that, which, uh, again, no artificial means here, mm-hmm. it led to some deep conversations. So that that's mm-hmm. part of what you want to bring out to share with our listeners, I imagine. It is. And actually, we've created, just to kind of, to be able to extend the conversation even beyond what we talk about here, we've created three videos that specifically talk about NFP is right for the relationship, NFP is right for the health, and NFP is right for the family. And so it tackles each of those issues and each of those reasons of why NFP is so valuable. But the relationship side, I think, is one of those side effects that people don't realize. They get into it thinking, well, this is what the church teaches. Well, I have to go do it to check off the box to get engaged or whatever the reason why they initially learn it. They don't realize the relationship value that it's going to bring. 
What are some of the testimonials you've heard about that? Because I imagine you've had couples come into the office before that they were using some artificial means, Uh and then Uh they had a, a change of heart. They come in and they say, all right, we want to learn about this. We need to know about this. Right. What are some right. what are some of those things they say? Yeah, so there is there's several in fact couples in our parish and bachelor's community who were contracepting, who were living together, who all the things that we teach not to do for the good of the human, they were doing that and then something happened where they were convicted and they thought for various reasons and I've heard lots of testimonies either for the religious moral reasons or even for the health reasons of why to avoid. I've heard a lot of women talking about how being on the birth control pill for various reasons caused so many side effects. And so people coming from that standpoint and then realizing that there's a way to just understand what your body is naturally doing has been eye-opening. One of the most common phrases that we hear is, why haven't I heard about this before? I know it was my response. I was 23 when I first learned it. 15 years before I got married, but I first learned it. I was like, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. Why have I never heard about this? Because it makes so much sense. And it gave me answers, even at the age of 23, where I was like, oh, that's why this is happening. Oh, that's what's going on. Like, it just makes so much sense. And I think it's just such a logical, as well as spiritual and emotional thing that is so valuable. Now, one of the things, we're going to run out of time here pretty quick, so I want to make sure we get to this. One of the beautiful things about this, because there are those relativists out there that say, listen, if you're using NFP, you know, say the mother's got a health issue, and you're using NFP to avoid, how is that morally any different than just taking a pill or doing this or using Mm. an artificial means? And I think one of the beautiful things that we learned in our class was that even in those grave circumstances, we're still saying, God, if it's your intention, though, for us to get pregnant, we are still open to that possibility, even though it might be at a very difficult time, mm-hmm. we're still going to trust in you mm-hmm. and not close ourselves off to the possibility mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. Right. And that can be challenging. I know plenty of couples who are, find out they're pregnant and go, oh, my, can we really do this? For those of us, those people of faith, when we look at that and say, okay, this is God's will, how are we going to do this? Because that is a life, right? But God also gives us that ability to, a woman's not fertile all year, you know, the entire month. So God has given us this tool to be able to say, we can't handle this right now. And God, we're discerning your will here too. And so I think that's an important aspect of this as well. All right. Now, before we go to the break, I do want to ask, where can our listeners go? You know, maybe they're hearing this for the first time or they're hearing it again and, you know, maybe hearing it in a new way. Where can our listeners go for more information? The best place to start is to go to our website, which is stlewis, so spell out Lewis, nfp.org. That's stlewis nfp.org and that'll have that'll lead you to all the right places we have a whole web page dedicated to everything that we in our area have going on for nfp awareness week we have some local events coming up including a a love and life celebration with a food truck picnic which is going to be awesome but we also have lots of resources print resources digital resources that anybody can use no matter where you are we've got a very popular handout called the dozen differences between contraception and NFP. So that really lays it out. Like it compares artificial contraception and NFP. So all of that you can find or be led to through the stlewisnfp.org website. 
All right. Well, Tiffany, I want to thank you for being with us. And again, that's stlewisnfp.org. Did Correct. I, all right. So whether you're in St. Louis or not, that's the website to go to. And I would encourage you to check with your diocese as well, because odds are very good they have resources. And if not, I know the folks here in St. Louis are very kind, and they'd happily take your call or your email as well. Absolutely. Uh, Tiffany, I want to thank you for being with us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Kathy Vollmer about some of the medical benefits of NFP that Tiffany and I have kind of alluded to, and really why, even if you're not married yet, if you're a young woman, you might want to know about this, or for me, as a father of four daughters, it's something that I want to know about as I raise them to become young women. So I want what's best for them. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and today we are talking about the benefits of natural family planning. You've heard us talk about the spiritual side of it and and what it can do for couples and, and some more things here on the show, but there's a whole other side to this. There's the medical side of natural family planning, and here in studio to help us out with understanding everything that's going on. Maybe we won't get to everything today, but here to help us out is registered nurse Kathy Vollmer. Kathy, it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I am very happy to be here. So when we think of NFP in the Catholic Church, I think most of us think this is a morally approved method for couples that are facing serious dilemmas, you know, whether it's a financial burden or a housing burden or, you know, whatever their particular case may be, who say it just is not a prudent time for us to get pregnant and you know, what do we do? And the church does provide a morally acceptable means for us. And that's what we've been talking about. But there's always a flip side of the coin. And before you came into the studio, we were talking about just how many stories there are. And and I have a friend in particular. She was having bad headaches. And she wasn't even married yet, but she was practicing Creighton models. She was charting her mm-hmm. cycle. And her doctor, her OB, said, you know, based on your headaches and something I'm noticing on your chart here, I think there might be a deeper issue. Sure enough, there was, and by the time she got married, they are confident between the steps her doctor took and the decisions they made that they probably avoided several miscarriages because they were paying attention to the clues that her body was offering her. And that's not something that we do often in our society, but that's one of the beautiful things that NFP allows us to do. I wonder if you could share a little bit about those benefits. Right. It's been a fascinating journey just for me to try to help women understand more about themselves. What I tell them is that I give them information about what their body is doing. And you're right, there's a lot of signs that people can see as they chart about that indicate what's going on, usually with their hormone levels being up and down. And avoiding miscarriage is a wonderful thing because we get a lot of people who come into our office and say, you know, I've had so many miscarriages or, you know, we just don't know what's going on. 
And I think all miscarriages should be identified. They should be investigated to see what the problem really was. Because otherwise, how do you know how to avoid it in the future? I have yet to meet someone who says, I really hope I go through that experience. And having been through it, it it is an emotionally racking experience. And so anything we can do to avoid that experience is very good. But this actually kind of goes beyond this because you, you talked about hormone levels. And this can affect a wide variety of things with health. Now, we're talking specifically about women today, but for all of us, we all have hormones. And when our hormone levels are out of balance, usually there are side effects of that then. Right. Absolutely. Women can have usually PMS symptoms. And that's always been a surprise to me as I never had that many, honestly, when I was in my reproductive time. But my goodness, we have women come in who say they have these terrible headaches and cramping and, you know, it's almost impossible for them to go to school or to work or anything. And I think they feel that they have just have to suffer with this. You know, they'll say things like, well, I just always thought this was the way it was for me. Or my mom had this or my grandmother or, you know, some relative. And my goodness, women do not need to just grin and bear it. Now, unfortunately, in our secular culture, if I understand this correctly, there are a number of healthcare practitioners who the solution is not to find the cause. The solution is just to treat the symptoms. So whether that's prescribing what we know as the birth control pill or some other means to treat the symptom, all you're really doing is putting a Band-Aid on a problem when you could be solving the problem. And I I think of many friends who have been diagnosed with endometriosis. And there were certain points in their cycles that they were in just terrible pain. And by charting and by identifying this, their doctors were able to say, we know what's going on and we can solve this. Right. Because there is a solution for a lot of things. And you're right. Women don't need to suffer. They don't need to be worrying about all of those things because you can find there are solutions out there. All right. So We probably have some listeners today who are saying, well, you know, I'm not in a place in life where I would be attempting to have a child. You know, many of our listeners are young women who aren't married yet. And, you know, we pray for those who are called to the vocation of marriage that they get married and have a beautiful family, as God calls them to. But they don't have to wait until they're engaged and go to their NFP introductory class to begin this process of charting their cycles and seeing what's going on with their bodies, do they? No, I would suggest coming in earlier than that and getting started with charting for two reasons. Number one, if there are any issues, problems, then you can get those addressed before you might want to use the system to achieve a pregnancy well before that. And another thing is it's for women's better health. It makes them feel better. And for the understanding of what your body's doing, I think that's well worth it. Yeah. Well, Kathy, this has been wonderful. I think that the most important piece of information we could give out at this point is where can our listeners go for more information? I know you're based here in the St. Louis metro area, but I would imagine your office could help point our listeners to resources in the, in the bi-state region as well. Oh, absolutely. I work for Mercy. My office is Mercy Fertility Care Services, and we do see most of our clients now virtually. So I have clients from all over the United States that I see regularly. All right. And how can they get in touch with you? You can go to mercy.net slash fertility care. And our phone number is 314-991-0327. All right. Well, Kathy, I want to thank you for being with us today. And, you know, I encourage all of you, if 
you're saying, I wish I would have known this sooner. Well, it's not too late to start. It's never too late to start to look into something and to find out what is going on with your body. And I think especially in a culture where we talk so much about organic food and and whatnot, why would we not want to do something very natural to find out what's going on with our health? We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. We're back. We're talking with Doug Barry about the Ten Commandments, and today's commandment is the favorite commandment of every parent and sometimes the least favorite commandment of every child and maybe the one that brings the grandparents and the grandchildren together. I don't know. It's honor thy father and mother. So, Doug, what do we need to start unpacking here? First thing we got to look at is the order, again, of how God does this. First three are about him. Number one, again, quick review. I am God. Nothing, no one, not even yourself before me. Number two, the sacredness of God's name. Protect, guard, defend, love the holiness of God's name, the saints, the angels, and so forth. Number three, keep holy the Sabbath. Come to our Lord in that faithfulness at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, Sunday obligation, holiness of obligation. And let's not forget then, the next one is parents. The order of things God places in this proper order, parents come next. We are those instruments of God. Any parent out there, you're an instrument of God to bring life into the world. Okay, there's a structure to why God does this this way. Obviously, look at what's happened with Roe v. Wade and abortion and all this rise and anger and diabolical retaliation and exploitation over the Roe v. Wade being overturned, because there is something that even the demons understand about the power of parenting, about raising life, bringing life into the world. Go back to Adam and Eve. What is the first command God gives Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. The procreative and the unity of that conjugal act, bringing into the world life. So, It makes sense then that God would structure a commandment that says there is a very strong importance to being not just respectful and obedient to your parents, but honoring them. How do you honor someone? Well, in in the sports world, we, we have statues and posters and we have big banners that hang from ceilings in football and basketball, you know, auditoriums and arenas. So I told my kids, I want a 30 foot banner of myself hanging in your house, just like Bart Starr in the Green Bay Packers stadium. No, but seriously, what do you do when you honor somebody? You hold them a certain degree of high respect. Now, understand, that doesn't mean we're going to agree with everything that our parents do. In fact, my father was an alcoholic. He died from alcoholism. So I did not respect what he chose, but I respected the fact that he was my father. And to this day, I still pray for the repose of his soul, and I continue to try to live a life that would still be honorable to his name even. So the understanding that whether we agree with everything our parents are saying and doing isn't the point. It's that we obey, honor, respect them in the areas, of course, every area that they ask of us that coordinates with God's truth, I should say. So if your parents ask you to do something that's good and holy, you have responsibility to do it. And even when you're out of your parents' 
you're not living in their house anymore, you've grown, you're outside of that realm. If they ask you to do something, it is still incumbent upon us as children to try to reach out and help our parents where we can, obviously, if it doesn't contradict or violate what our vocation of life is. Now, that being said, too, parents understand in the catechism, it's pretty clear. There's a fair amount of responsibility on our shoulders as parents to make sure that we are pointing our children the right direction, that we're giving them the truth of God. We have to be parents that are honorable in the eyes of God. We have to be putting things in proper order, not only so that our children see the importance of that, but because we're going to stand before God and give an account as to whether or not these little lives that God entrusted to us learned about God, learned about decency and honor, respect, nobility, virtue, even how to come back from sin because they see us in the confessional. They see us on our knees in prayer. We parents have to set the example, teach the truth, and point our children the right way. So fourth commandment covers both children and we parents both have a responsibility when it comes to that one. I love it. I love that you said proper order in there as well, because how many times have we seen those, uh, hopefully not too many, but how many times have we seen on those talk shows that you catch periodically throughout the day where the children are just off the wall crazy, bossing Mm -hmm. their parents around, I'm not doing this, talking back to them as if they run the show. And, you know, we all want to be good parents. We all want our kids to have a good time. We want them to uh, have a good life. But the foundation of that is discipline, because if we don't have an ordered home, they have no shot of living an ordered life. And uh, they won't be following that fourth commandment if we aren't creating the environment for them to do so. Yeah. I'll say one last thing on this too, Adam, because you're so right about the ordered home, the ordered environment. My children, I know, may grow. I mean, they're all out of the house now. We're empty nesters now. and I have grandchildren now. But I know my children may run companies and businesses, may become professional athletes. Now, it's unlikely that your kid's going to become a professional athlete. Percentages just don't go that route. Yet we throw gazillions of dollars and so much time into all these different sports and training camps and this and that. Let your kids have fun. Absolutely. But understand, they're probably not going to make it to that level. If they do, okay, great. But 100% guarantee they're going to stand before God. Whether they run a business, whether they become a professional athlete, as my mom would say to me, Doug, she said this to me, I don't care if you become a rocket scientist or a garbage man. Okay. I just want you to be a good man, a godly man, a holy man. Those are the words she said to me. She passed away about five years ago. God rest her soul. Great woman who basically reminded me that no matter what you end up doing in life, it's 100% guarantee you're going to stand before God. So parents, I encourage you, not only should we be focusing on training our children up, pray every day for the good, holy death of your children when it comes, because I guarantee it's coming. They'll stand before God. We all know this. Let's be putting that investment now into their lives to pray for their good, holy, amazing, beautiful death. So when they die, they can stand before God with a clear conscience and enter into heaven. And then that's when we get the real family time. All right. Well, Doug Berry, thank you for this. Friends, tomorrow we're going to talk about a commandment, spoiler alert, that you might be saying, well, I never violate that commandment, and I'm willing to bet that we all do. So until then, Doug Berry, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Adam. The Holy Face. O blessed face of my kind Savior, by the tender love and piercing sorrow of Our Lady, as she beheld you in your cruel passion, grant us to share in this intense sorrow and love so as to fulfill the holy will of God to the utmost of our ability. Amen. We stop on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement, and I am willing to bet, just like yesterday and the day before and the day before that, 
I'm going to want to write down this quote because these have been wonderful encouragements for us. Patty, what do you have for us today? I'm just sharing some of my favorite homilies that I can remember from priests that have been at my own parish, and they've impacted me. Maybe you want to do that for yourself today in your prayer. Think back. What are some of the homilies that you remember? Can you remember a homily from when you were a kid that changed your life? Can you remember a homily that maybe helped you in your spiritual journey? And thank God for that priest. Thank God for that priest. You know, so often we don't know the impact that they're making. But in heaven, I'm going to be able to go up to all of these priests and thank them, the ones that have already passed on. And the ones that haven't, I have thanked them for the impact that they've made in my life. Today, this is a priest that has passed on. This is from Father Gellner. He was a priest at St. Ferdinand. And what I remember from him most is that he would always say at the end of Mass or at the end of his homily, he would just always encourage us to stop in our perpetual adoration chapel. And he would say, just for five minutes. Stop in for five minutes. Now, why was this so important? Well, I had been a parishioner at my parish for over 11 years, and I had never set foot in our Eucharistic Adoration Chapel. I didn't grow up with adoration. I didn't know what it was. And here this priest kept saying, stop in for five minutes. Stop in for five minutes. Now, why is this so important, and why was this life-changing? Because of the five minutes. That's what he, That's actually what got me was five minutes. So often when we get overwhelmed, we think that whatever it is, it's a huge mountain. It's impossible to climb or impossible to commit. Or like, I could never persevere through whatever it is that God's asking me to do. So what do we do? We do nothing. We might be thinking, I can't commit to a holy hour every week, not with my schedule. Maybe you're saying, I can't commit to a daily rosary, not with small kids, or I can't commit to daily mass. That's impossible. Why not just try five minutes of adoration? Why not just try one decade of the rosary in the car before you turn on the radio? Why not try memorizing one verse or one prayer that you've always wanted to memorize? Why not just read one page in a Catholic book if you think, I can't read a Catholic book? It's like running. For a runner, you literally, when you're starting out as a runner, you literally have to say, I am going to run for 30 seconds or I'm just going to run to that next mailbox or to the end of the street. That's it. Five minutes. What can you do in your life today for five minutes? We'll just get you taking that first step. For me, it was stopping into Eucharistic adoration for five minutes. And now I'm there every day for over an hour. I I cannot thank Father Gellner enough for that lesson in his homily. Isn't it amazing when we turn around and look at where our steps have taken us when we were just taking them one step at a time? Patty, this has been a wonderful encouragement for us. Thank you. Anybody that knows Patty Schneier knows that she has that morning routine that is vital to her day that includes that hour of Eucharistic adoration. And it's amazing to think that that all did start with just five minutes. But that's the thing. When we start with something small with the intention of building it up, amazing things can happen. So what's it going to be for you today? Is it going to be five minutes spent in adoration? That'd be a good thing. Is it going to be five minutes spent in reflection and quiet prayer, which, by the way, you can do in adoration? Uh, That would also be a good thing. Is it going to be five minutes spent praying the chaplet of divine mercy that maybe you don't regularly pray the chaplet? That would also be a good thing. Start small, maybe, and, you know, build up to it. You're not going to run a marathon on the first day, and uh, but you can start moving. 
you can start moving. And the only way to get to running a marathon is to start somewhere. So that's my encouragement for you today. Tomorrow we're going to have our uh, Roadmap Roundup. Gabe Jones is going to be with us, so I encourage you to tune in for that. And then next week we've actually got a lot coming up on the show. We're going to be visiting across the ocean yet again, this time to uh, uh, let's see, Angola, Sao Tome, and Principe in Africa, talking with Father Chris Seiler, who works in the uh, Apostolic Nunciature in those countries. We're also going to be talking about uh, a fantastic opportunity that a father had recently to support his son on a race across the state of Missouri by river. We'll have a vocation segment next week uh, to, to look at a religious order that the more I learn about them, the more I'm just enamored with their charism. So all of that and more, and you're not going to want to miss that. Let's end our day together in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. I want to thank you for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven this morning on Covenant Network. As I said at the beginning of the show, be sure to search for us on your favorite podcast app. Maybe you heard something today that you'd like to share with a friend. That is the easiest way to do it. We'll have today's show up usually by 10 a.m. And so check us out there. Just search Roadmap to Heaven, Covenant Network. My face will pop up. You'll see our graphic. We'll be there. And you can listen to this show and past episodes as well. Don't forget to hit like and or subscribe, whatever your podcast player has. It helps us out a lot. Until tomorrow, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. This has been Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.